Welcome to the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast, the show where brilliant professionals share how to sharpen the universal skills required to flourish at work. Enjoy more career fun, wins, meaning, and money with your host, Pete Mekaitis. Hello, and thanks for joining us here for episode 527 with Chris Bears Brown. Chris has a wealth of insight when it comes to how to boost your energy and mental clarity. So you'll learn one, the surprising root of our energy problems, two, the tiny change that massively boosts productivity, and three, a powerful way to lower stress and find clarity. So if you want to check out the show notes or the transcript or the links to apps we've referenced, it's on over at awesomeatyourjob.com slash F527. Now, here's Chris's story. He's an author and global event speaker with over 25 years experience in coaching and counts multinationals such as ITV and Sky among the clients he's helped transform their business from a personal level up. He's interviewed senior business leaders, including Apple's Steve Wozniak, and regularly coaches on leadership style at global events such as LeaderCast. Chris has recently created a new social enterprise program called Talk It Out, which has been proven to help reduce stress levels and increase self-awareness. Big thanks to Chris for sharing his wisdom with us and big thanks to our sponsors. Check them out. One sponsor to check out is LinkedIn Jobs. Did you know that you can post a job for free at linkedin.com slash be awesome? And with a fresh year, perhaps you're like many small business owners looking for some fresh insight and talent to make 2024 extra amazing. Well, LinkedIn Jobs has created tremendous tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and free. I love how they make it so easy with their promotion and selection tools. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. No, no, no. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Here's some fun facts. 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours, and small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash awesome. That's linkedin.com slash B-E-A-W-E-S-O-M-E, as in you are being awesome, be awesome, to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Now, here's Chris. Chris, thanks so much for joining us here on the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast. Hey, it's an absolute pleasure to be here, Pete. Well, I am I'm so intrigued. You have taken the bold step of naming your business Upping Your Elvis. Please explain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it usually raises an eyebrow or two that. So the name was actually inspired by Bono. So when he was doing his third world debt campaign, he used to want to go into organizations and work out who to play with really fast. So he used to ask what I think is a great question. He used to just ask people, so who's Elvis around here? Now, if you ask that question, people can always answer it because what you're really asking is, who here's a bit of a brand, a bit of a maverick, they get stuff done, they've got loads of energy about them, and they love every minute of it. Now, I fundamentally believe that business needs more Elvis now than ever, and I know that we've all got a bit more Elvis to bring. So that's what we do. Okay, certainly. Well, well, energy, I mean, hey, I'm all about having more of that. Can you paint a picture for us? What's sort of the, the current state when it comes to energy levels in the workplace? And yeah, what's to be done about it? Well, I, I think the biggest problem is that we're just not designed for business and business is not designed for us. So if you think about the way that we're programmed, you know, we're designed 50,000 years to be you know, hunter-gatherers on a savannah. And therefore, we've got, you know, quite interesting programming as far as our brain's concerned, the way we react to stuff. The business world in which we live right now is changing so quickly, and um, it's very hard to keep up with you know, the dynamism of what's going on when we are 50,000 years old. And therefore, you know, we have a few problems. Like, you know, we don't like change. 
You know, we, we, we can't mm-hmm. focus for more than 90 to 120 minutes a day deeply. You know, we, we're not actually designed to sit down. We're designed to move. But a lot of our design is about making sure we have habitual patterns and routines we do every single day. And if things are changing fast, we've got problems. So I think we've got some work to be done on our energy because we're just not dealing with you know, the way that the business is speeding up. Okay, understood. Well, so then maybe to, to paint a picture in terms of what's really possible for us, could you maybe share a tale of, of someone who wasn't feeling it so much and didn't have a whole lot of energy, but then made some changes and has been enjoying the, sure. the fruits of those labors? Yeah, so I was working in Basel um, last summer and a guy came up to me and he said, Chris, you've changed my life. And I'm like, going, that's a wonderful thing to hear, but you know, can you give me some detail? And basically, I hadn't seen him for three years. And when I was working with him, I shared how I manage my time. And he had basically taken the principle of that and applied it to his. And uh, if he, he tells the story that basically he, he works in drug development, which is obviously quite a big job. It's very complex, lots of moving parts. But what he did was he just stepped back from it and, and realized that there's two main things that he does. The first thing that he does is he spends lots of time doing deep thinking. And it's all creative. It's analytical. It's looking at lots of data and working out what the answers are. And actually, it's quite cerebral stuff. The second thing that he does is he runs lots of teams internationally. Now, what he was doing before he met me was mixing those two functions up throughout the day. But actually, they need two quite different energies and quite different approaches. So what he now does is he walks the dog first thing in the morning. And I think this is a key thing for us all to do. Go outside, spend some time in nature thinking about what is your big thing you need to deliver that day? Because if you don't work that out when you wake, it ain't going to happen. So that's the first thing he does. Second thing he then does is he spends the morning at home doing that deep work. You know, the thinking, the analysis, all of that great stuff. And then he goes into the office and he spends the rest of the day doing teams. He reckons he is 500% more productive as a result of it and a lot happier because he's not scrabbling around so much, you know, trying to make different energies meet when uh, it's almost an impossible task. So that's, that's a simple example of how a, a very easy behavioral practice can change the way we work. Intriguing. And so then uh, what do you think are the key reasons behind why these little changes make all the difference? 500%. I mean, that is substantial. That is substantial. Well, you know, it's all about really having greater awareness of what makes us tick and how we function. And actually with awareness, there come some very, very simple things, but we do them every day all the time. And the fact that they are the things that we do repetitively, such as have meetings, learn and get feedback, think creatively about stuff. It's stuff we're doing on a daily basis. If we get just 10% better at doing those, you know, there's almost an exponential impact over a whole year. So I'm a massive believer in in little things that you do every day that make a difference rather than the big, tricky, complicated things that actually a lot of the big change programs have focused on over the years. Okay. So I'm with you there. And and I'm intrigued by one of the little changes you've been exploring lately. You've got a talk it out program. Please explain. What is this all about? Yeah. So, um, so talk it out is a, is a creative exercise that, um, I first wrote about in my first book in 2005 and we've talked to, to thousands of people and it's great for getting insight and ideas. And basically what you do is you grab a buddy and you go for a walk and one of you just talks flat out about whatever it is that you're trying to work on while the other person just listens. Now, if you do that, you know, fast enough and long enough, you run out of conscious story and then you start to get into your subconscious. So it's great for unearthing more of your creative genius. Now, we've done that many times for ideas and for creativity, but 
time after time, people were coming back saying, I've got great insights, I've got great ideas, I've got more clarity, but you know what? I just feel better. So we realized there was potentially some therapeutic benefit to this. So we've researched it with the University of Bristol, and turns out, to no surprise, it reduces anxiety, it increases happiness, and as a lot of people describe, it just feels as if a weight has been lifted off their shoulders. So the way that we've been thinking about it with the University of Bristol is, you know, we're great at looking after our bodies with, with exercise and nutrition. This is a very simple thing you can do for your mind to make sure that with all the complexity and demands on our attention, we just get the focus of the right stuff and we give ourselves a chance just to breathe a bit more. Well, certainly that sounds great. And that's really intriguing. So you say after the first few minutes, explain, we, we get we sort of drain the conscious stuff and then we're into yeah. new territory. How, how does that work exactly? Yeah. So if if anyone says to you, so how's life? You know, you will tell them the conscious story and it's a story you would tell your family or friends, you know, so, oh, it works okay. It's a bit busy. The house is fine. It's great to see the kids. Boom, boom, boom. It's that kind of conscious story. Now, as long as you're telling that story, you are stuck in that, you know, five to 10% of your conscious brain. Now we know that there's so much processing that's going on in our subconscious. And actually, if you want to tap into what really makes you tick, Tapping into that subconscious is the way forward because there's lots of stuff going on there that's beneath the surface that often dictates the way we think and the way that we feel without us being aware of it. So if we can flush that out, we will start to understand what's really going on for us. And rarely is it the conscious story. It's usually some stuff that's a bit surprising. It's hidden away. And by bringing it into consciousness and by bringing it into the light and talking about it with somebody else, we can look at it in the cold light of day and then deal with it and say, well, is this something I want more of in my life, less of in my life? Is it something I need to fix? Is it something that you know I just need to live with? But if you leave it just uh, in the subconscious, you'll never know. You're just often walking around going, there's something bothering me, but I don't know why. Okay, understood. And so then that's intriguing because you have that dedicated time and you recommend a specific amount of time. How much is it? I do. So so the whole process, we pack away in an hour, but you do 20 minutes each way. And obviously, there's a little setup beforehand. And then after 20 minutes, you just need to land where you've got to. Um, and then you swap over and go the other way. And the beauty of it is, if you do it with a buddy, you both get a chance. And therefore, there's a real connectivity that comes from that. And you know, one of the biggest issues we're going to be facing on this planet over the next you know, 20, 30 years is, is actually loneliness. And loneliness has a massive impact on our well-being. And what we hear time and time again from people doing Talk It Out is, yes, I feel better. I, you know, my anxiety's dropped. I've got more clarity. But I also don't feel so alone. And that's the beauty of therefore doing it in a partnership. Okay. Well, so then let's hear it. So we got 20 minutes of uh, each side and then some yep. setup. And so then how's it go down? It's just sort of like, okay, you talk, Chris. And the way you go? <laughs> or, or, or are there some prompts, some structure? How's it go down? Well, you know, we, so we've got some digital stuff that people can access online for free just to teach them how to do this because this is a this is a, a charitable arm. So we're we're trying to get this out to as many people as we can. So it's all structured. If, if people want to check it out, you can you can find out on talkitout.org or, or Uppinger Elvis. There's information about it. It'll just give you a little setup. So you know, if you haven't done this before, it's good to just get a warm up in. If I'm facilitating a session, I'll often get the pair just to go for a quick, you know, one minute walk in either direction and just rant about something just to get used to walking and talking. You then come back and then um, and then at that point you set them off and, you know, you take it in turn. So whoever wants to go first rants, they can talk about any aspect of their life. The key thing is it's something that, you know, is on their mind. It might be health. It could be relationships. It could be work. But the key thing is they should be filtered. They're just talking flat out and as honest as, as possible as, and actually with a bit of pace. 
because you don't want to talk too slowly or you don't run out of conscious story. So that's the brief. It's as simple as that. Now, their buddy, their brief's great because all they're listening for is changes in energy. Yeah. So if the person talking slows down, speeds up, gets stuck, you know, start swearing. Those are the things that are, are interesting because actually we pick up on those energetic changes really well. We're not listening to everything that's said. We're just looking for the energy changes. And those are the things that give us a clue that they said something interesting because that's how the subconscious talks to us. So when you stopped after 20 minutes, your buddy just goes, hey, here's a few things I noticed. And they just play it back. They're not advising you. They're not coaching you. They're not telling you what to do. They're just saying that I just thought these may be interesting. And then you have a chance to land it. And invariably, you know, when people land it, they've definitely got more clarity. If you rant for 20 minutes about your life, you will get more clarity. A lot of people get some key insights into things that are holding them down and actually blocking their energy. And a lot of people come away just going, do you know what? I've got some actions from that. This is what I'm going to be doing differently from today, which I think is a pretty productive use of 20 minutes. And now when you say land it, what precisely do you mean there? Well, the, the challenge with doing any subconscious exercise, and actually the same could be said of dreaming. You know, We often wake up in the morning, we've got this dream in our heads, and we go, wow, that was amazing. I have to tell my friends at work. We go to work and we can't remember anything. Because actually, when you're in the subconscious, by definition, that's not part of your conscious activity. So what you need to do once you've gone through this rant is make it conscious. So you therefore need to listen to your buddy of the, you know, what insights they've had from your rant. And then you've got a chance just to articulate where you've got to. So you know, after just doing this exercise, what I've realized is this, or what I'd like to pay attention to is this. This is you know, the headlines of my output. And actually, by articulating that, it helps you access it, you know, sorry, plummet right into your memory. So you've got something you can work with into the future. So it's as simple as that. It's, it's just a, a simple way to make sure you are using the insight that you've got. And so you, you say you could talk about anything just so long it's it's something on your mind and yep. you are, are talking uh, completely honestly. So then... I, I guess I'm curious, have you started to notice some themes in terms of, because it's kind of unique, frankly, you know, to, to have the opportunity to rant about something for 20 minutes without sure. interruption. <laughs> so I can yeah, see how there's is. a therapeutic benefit to that. So when people are uh, handed this opportunity, uh, what do you find are, are some key themes that, that get talked about and, and maybe are suggestive of we, we need more opportunity and environment to be able to discuss these things more frequently? Well, I mean, there are the classics that come out. So being overly busy and not, not really um, living life as much as people want to, uh, not tapping into their passions. People still talk about work-life balance quite a lot. There's a fair amount of people who are looking for more meaning in their life, mm -hmm. which is an ever-present one, and as it should be. Most people just tend to find there are certain elements in their life that need a bit of order. I, you know, we have a lot of people that go, hey, I've got a problem with a relationship and it's, it's very top of mind and they get straight into it and they find that that works. Interestingly, a lot of people go and say, well, I'll just talk about life. They don't know what their, their issue is they want to crack, but the subconscious will help them get there. So, you know, as they talk, it changes topic to topic to topic until they find the thing that's got some energy and then they go deep. So it's interesting the way the brain works, right? It, it, it kind of finds the true blockages and the true things that hold us back if you let it off the lead long enough. Okay, understood. Well, so then uh, I'm curious. So if, if we don't have, you know, Chris and company facilitating uh, these sessions, how do you recommend we get started enjoying some of these benefits on our own? 
Sure. Well, I, I would check out the digital support that we've got on the website. So upping your Elvis or talkingout.org. It's got everything there. It's got instruction videos. It's got a little step-by-step guide, but it's incredibly easy. I mean, there's lots of things I've taught in my life that needs, you know, manuals and, and training and practice. This is not one of them. You know, we, we are all brilliant at walking. And guess what? We can talk while we walk. In fact, most of us talk much better while we walk because we process kinesthetically. There was a, a great research study by Stanford that shows that when we walk at our natural gait, our creativity spikes by up to 60%, 60%. And that's because we are accessing our subconscious. So we'll often find when we're walking, we just get more clarity and, and more things come out. So there's not a great deal to it. The important thing is that, and, and this is the golden rule, whilst you're talking and your buddy's listening, your buddy just listens. That is the golden rule. As long as people are doing that, it's good. If they start chipping in and having a conversation, which is really tempting, you're not going to get the depth. And it's just a chat. So beyond that, there's very little you can get wrong. You know, just have some fun with it and you'll be amazed where your brain can take you. Okay. Well, so that seems like a powerful approach to, to boosting energy, certainly. Yeah. Uh, what would you say in all of your research and experience and working with clients, et cetera, are, are some of the other really big uh, high leverage activities you recommend folks engage in to boost that energy? It's a great question. We've just spent the last year doing what we call energy experiments, where we will do ourselves what we hope our clients will do. And we've done everything from uh, using different kind of strategies for sleep, um, fasting, uh, some fitness stuff, digital detoxes. And interestingly, there are some of those that just resonate more than others, one of which is a morning routine. And morning routines, I don't, know, I don't know what I've been doing for the last 20 years, but I had no idea of the power of a morning routine. And yet the more I research it, the more I realize all my heroes and heroines were already doing it just quietly. But the, the secret's now out. So my belief of why this is so important is when you wake up, it is the one time of the day that you own. Now, that is the moment that actually as long as you stay away from your phone and you don't look at anything digital, you have a chance to get your energy right. So... We've been doing some experiments with some very simple things as part of a morning routine, one of which you've got to hydrate when you wake up. So uh, we wake up very dehydrated. So drink a pint of water with some sea salt in it, high-quality sea salt, because you need the electrolytes to take it on. And that you should do that on waking. Keep away from everything digital. Get your heart rate up. Just do a little bit of exercise. And then I think sitting outside, as I mentioned, with the guy walking the dog and just getting clear on what your big thing is is just an invaluable thing to do because you know autopilot's going to kick in. You know you're going to get you know caught up in busyness. But if you get that direction right first thing in the morning, at least when it does, you've got a chance that you'll succeed and achieve something useful. So that is one that I absolutely love. And, and actually, we get uniform feedback that that is super useful. But a personal passion of mine, and I'm going off on one slightly, is cold water immersion. I, I don't know if you're into that, Pete. Well, I, I mean, I, I've, I've heard of it and I've seen it. <laughs> Tell us more. So I got into uh, Wim Hof, uh, the Dutch guy who's known as Iceman, uh, a few years ago. And I live by the sea, so cold water is not hard in Britain. But the, the benefits of getting into the sea, especially around December like it is now, just seems to be fantastic at um, doing all sorts of things for you. Very, very good for you physically, very good for you also mentally, I find. It tends to clear things out makes you incredibly present, but it's an extreme one. So I'm not going around making my clients do that. It's one that I personally really enjoy. But if I start the day with a jump in the sea, I know I'm going to be fizzing. Hot dog. And now, so I guess I'm thinking about motherly wisdom. Oh, don't, don't get 
super cold, <laughs> you know, you'll you'll get sick. That does not happen to you. Well, no, I mean it's actually good for your immune system. So by exposing yourself to cold, chances are you get less sick. I know lots of people that do it every single day of the year. It's it's a, almost a religion to them, and they are the fittest people I know. You rarely see them with a cold. You rarely see them run down. So no, I think quite the contrary. Okay, understood. Well, so we got a few of them. A few of those approaches. So we got the morning piece, we got the hydration, we got perhaps a dip. Once the morning has passed, what are some of your your top recommendations for keeping the energy flowing uh, the rest of the day? Sure. So there's there's a couple of I think you know ignored moments. Well, one is lunchtime. It's amazing how many people work through their lunch and they don't take a break. And our lunch break is the equivalent of five weeks holiday a year. And yet people just keep working through it. And five weeks holiday, I think most people would really relish. So we should take that. And it's important because it'll help us re-energize. But actually, we can use that time really well for us. You know, we can do stuff that fills our soul. We can learn something. We can connect with people and give ourselves a boost again for the afternoon. Personally, a little bit of exercise is great at lunchtime. So using the lunch also to reflect on the morning and then set an intention for the afternoon, I think is a very clear thing to do. I'm also, and I have to confess, Pete, I'm a cheeky napper, all right? So Cheeky? <laughs> uh, yeah, I sneak off and have a little sleep when I can in the afternoon. But what I learned from Nick Littlehays, who's a sleep coach, is that we're not designed to be monophasic in sleeping. So this whole idea of having eight and a half hours every night in one big block is not the way we're designed. We're actually designed to be polyphasic, i.e. we're going to sleep more than once in a day. And therefore, if you feel as if you need a little top-up, a little nap during the day is actually what our body often craves. So I'm a big fan of actually going away, just having a little quiet time just to refuel. In fact, I had one just about an hour and a half ago, and I was feeling, I've been working about 11 hours flat out. I've been up very early this morning, had lots of stuff to do, and I just need a little boost before I talk to you. So a little nap, and here I am. Yes, well, thank you, and, and you sound great and energetic and warm. <laughs> Well, well, tell me, Chris, anything else you want to make sure to mention before we shift gears and hear about some of your favorite things? Anything else I want to mention? Well, I, I think that, as I said at the beginning, the whole game here around energy is, is threefold. Number one, it's about awareness. We need to understand what makes us tick and actually learning what our biorhythms are like and when we have our peaks and when we have our dips and what we can do to play with those, I think is really, really important. I think then understanding how that's that's kind of deployed on a daily basis to make sure that the leakages don't happen through excessive meetings, through, you know, spending far too much time in the weeds, answering emails, all those things is key to our success. So awareness and topping up, you know, that's one and two really important. But the deployment is the thing that I think makes all the difference because it's so easy these days to just wake up and be battered by demands and learning how to manage things that you're working on your agenda is, is the key. All right. Well, now could you share with us a favorite quote, something you find inspiring? I suppose one of my, my favorites is, not everything that counts can be counted. Thank you. I like that one. I like that one because in my business, I'm sure you come across the same thing. It's all about ROI. Everything's about the number. It's all about the money. And yet the stuff that makes people tick in organizations is the stuff that you can't count. You know, it's, it's about joy. It's about love. It's about the stuff that brings people to work to do extraordinary things that's nothing to do with their salary. And I find that in every walk of life, not just in, in work, but in homes and in life. And I think we need to remember sometimes, not everything's about spreadsheet. And how about a favorite study or experiment or bit of research? I have been reading, I presume you've read Lost Connections, the Johan Hari book. There's so many studies in there. 
And, and I know that the book is all about depression and anxiety and how you can find hope. But I just think it's like a manifesto for, for living. It's got so much stuff in there that basically can help us have an insight into have everyday work for us. And there was, there's one, there was one piece of research in there that just it pretty much slayed me. If you are intensely lonely, the impact on your body as far as cortisol and adrenaline is the equivalent or more than being hit in the face by a stranger. And when you hear facts like that and you start to think, well, what are we doing to help people get that connection? I think, you know, I think that takes me to quite profound places. And it makes me think that actually we, we need to do much better work on this planet and within organizations to get them to hook up on stuff with meaning. So that, that was one that certainly had a big impact on me. And how about a favorite tool, something you use to be awesome at your job? One of my favorite tools, and, and this isn't directly for my job, is my guitar. It's not that I go on stage and play it. That's, that's certainly not what I would make everyone do. But I travel quite a lot. And what I find is that 20 minutes of playing my guitar in my hotel room is the best way for me to get my energy back. It takes me to a different place. It de-stresses me. There's a creative output. And therefore, it helps me get in the right place to do the work the next day. So I would say my favorite tool is my guitar. All right. And how about a favorite habit? I would say... Being outside with my dogs is my favorite habit. So I've been out with them a few times today. Each time I have gone out with a head full of stuff, each time I've come back with it nice and clear again. And walking in nature, playing with dogs who love you beyond your worth, and just remembering the simple things in life, I think is incredibly grounding. Okay. And is there a particular nugget you share that really seems to connect and resonate with folks? They quote it back to you often? I suppose the, 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 the one thing that seems to connect with everybody that they sometimes forget is that a third of our days on this planet are work days. And if we're not loving every minute of it, it's a terrible waste of life. And I think sometimes for people forget the joy and the playfulness of the work that they do, and it becomes way too serious. And often when people connect to that statistic, they go, oh, fair point. Fair point. Am I making sure I'm properly living my life through my work, or is it just a way of paying the bills? And if folks want to learn more or get in touch, where would you point them? Yeah, it comes to websites, uppingyourelvis.com or barras-brown.com. Got all the information on there. And if anyone wants to play with us on Talk It Out and help us get it out into the world, you know, we're doing it all for free. We just can't do it on our own. So any partners who want to play, we are here with open arms. And do you have a final challenge or call to action for folks seeking to be awesome at their jobs? I think the key thing is that when you get your energy right, which you do through morning routines and looking after yourself and you know clearing your diary and making sure you're working on the right stuff, I think it's then incumbent upon us all to be more kind. So my challenge would be once a day, grab somebody in your life and just tell them what you love about them. And I think what you'll find if you do that, you'll get so many benefits. Number one, your relationship with that person will get better. Number two, it's karmic. So you will find that you'll get a little bit of love back, which we all need. Number three, what you'll start to find is that you'll program your selective attention to see just more good. And I think that's a great personal benefit. And you're doing that while making the world spin better. So find one person per day in your life. It could be a work colleague. It could be a family or friend. Tell them what you love about them and your day will be that much more shiny. Chris, thank you for sharing the good word and, and good luck and all the ways you're up in your Elvis. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me on, Pete. It's been a real joy. I loved a lot of what Chris had to say, especially, you know, it didn't seem like 
rocket science or like wildly different and yet it's so powerful how a simple having a walk in conversation with someone and listening closely can do wonders for mental health. I think that says a lot about how little we have sort of empathy and and great listening going on in our society, perhaps. But if you engage in this simple practice, you can see great gains. That's really cool. Also love the take on the nap. Fun fact, I have an inflatable camping mattress in my home office. It hangs on the wall in a nail, and then I bring it down and sleep on it for 10, 20, 30 minutes most afternoons, and it makes a world of difference. I'm a huge napper, big believer. So thanks to Chris for sharing the good word. And again, the show notes, the transcript, the links to items we've referenced are at awesomeatyourjob.com slash F527. And if you haven't already, I hope you'll push subscribe. You'll catch our next guest, and that is Aaron Levy. He's back. He's got some good stuff to share about how to not suck at managing, specifically conversations around how to build psychological safety and more. I hope to catch you there. And peace. Thanks for listening. To get the most out of the show, we recommend two key things. First, check out the extra resources at awesomeatyourjob.com. You can find this episode's transcript and links, as well as the perfect episode for your situation. You can search the full text transcripts of hundreds of episodes or explore episodes tagged by topic and competency covered. Second, subscribe to the podcast and get future episodes automatically. You can subscribe by telling Siri and several other smartphones and speakers, subscribe to the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast or by tapping subscribe in your podcast player of choice. If you'd like some extra help figuring out podcasts and how subscriptions work, visit awesomeatyourjob.com slash subscribe for guidance. Hope to catch you on the next episode of How to Be Awesome at Your Job.